everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to talk about identity and what happens when the person that we think we are falls apart. was a big year. I graduated my teaching degree, I got married, and then we moved to the state of Wyoming so that my husband could pursue Bible college. And while we were out there in Wyoming and he was going to Bible college, I was working. I got my dream job, at least I thought it was. I interviewed for it actually on our honeymoon, of all things, and got the position as a math assistant in a classroom in a residential school for troubled children. And I thought that was just the most amazing thing in the world. I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. I was like, this fits who I am. I just love working with difficult children and troubled teens. And I was like, this is amazing. This is totally what I've always wanted to do. And I look back at myself back then and I still had a huge part of my brain in La La Land. Like I just saw the world through rose-colored glasses, and I saw so many religious formulas and things that I was just sure were going to fix everything and make everything beautiful and happily ever after. Man, did I get a wake-up call. So this was not just a residential school for troubled kids. It was actually a residential school for psychiatric students, and kids came to this place from all over the state of Wyoming. They came from foster care. They came from the police. They came from parents that didn't really know what to do with them anymore. They came from schools who had suspended them. These kids had some real serious problems. Lots of mental illness, lots of abuse, lots of just messed up stuff. And so here I am going to be the aide in the math classroom for junior high and high schoolers. I had no idea what to get myself into. Like, zero idea. Three days into staff training, the math teacher quits. And the principal looked at me and he said, well, you're going to teach as the aide, or you're going to get your Wyoming certification, and you'll teach as a teacher for significantly more money. And I was like, I guess I'm getting my Wyoming teacher certificate. And so I did. And, you know, coming into that situation, I really felt like I knew who I was. I'd had all these different years of experience with God and with children and teens, and I really just felt like I had this burden and a heart for these just hurting and broken kids. I thought I was gifted with them, and I really thought I was something special. And then I got into the real world, and I discovered that my little formulas And my ideas and my pet theories didn't really pan out in the real world. I discovered that the real world was a whole lot more broken and messed up and just sad than I ever imagined. And my whole identity was kind of just rocked, if not shattered. The things that I thought about myself, the things I thought about the world, the things I thought about God, they were just, they were just kind of torn down. And This school was not easy. Oh my goodness. So we taught math. It was mostly remedial math because these kids hadn't been in school very much or they'd 
missed school or they just didn't care. And so a lot of these kids were really far behind. And so me and my new math assistant would give them tests and then we would try to catch them up to where we could get them before they left. Kids would come in, they'd work a treatment plan and they would leave. And if they left successfully, they usually would go home or to another environment that was less strict than the one we were in right now. And if they didn't succeed, they were often sent to either juvie or a psych ward. And so it was, it was intense. We learned restraints in staff training. Uh, there was takedowns that happened almost every day in hallways or classrooms. There was a isolation room at the end of the hallway that usually had somebody in it. I saw kids get shots to sedate them. I mean, it was, it was intense. It was intense. And all these things that I thought about myself just kind of broke. I discovered that I could not love these kids enough to save them. That there was no formula that would fix some of them. That despite our best efforts, some of these kids didn't make it. I remember my very first girl that went home with her treatment plan unfinished. And it was basically that she had just refused to follow the treatment plan. She didn't have any support from her family. They didn't care. And she actually had a miscarriage. Nobody knew she was pregnant. And then she was pregnant and she miscarried. And it was just this big mess. And I really cared about her. And she left. And there really wasn't any hope for her. Like there was just no support at home. And she really hadn't learned much while she was there. And it was just really sad. And there was another boy that he was so anti-God. I mean, so anti-God. And this school was actually Catholic. And so we were allowed to talk about God and Jesus. He's actually encouraged. And he was just very much like he wanted nothing to do with God. And he was a nice kid. And he finished his treatment. And he left. And he still didn't care about God, no matter what I did or said or what books I gave him or anything. And there's another little guy who kind of had a reputation for destroying classrooms. And he was not, I mean, he was, he had some serious problems. And um, he would just lose it and break things and throw desks and chairs. And yeah, it's pretty nuts. But him and I hit it off. And I don't remember him ever doing anything in my classroom. He was always just really on task and doing great. And, but they couldn't, they couldn't fix him. They couldn't do enough to help him. And they decided it just he needed more, more mental health stuff than they could give him. And he was sent to a psychiatric ward. I think he was 12. And so when you have these kinds of experiences over and over and over again, I just was like, what in the world? Like all these things that I believed, like the world is so much more messed up than I ever expected it to be. And there is no happy ending. And I don't have enough to give to make this work. I mean, there's just, it's not happening. And there was good stories. If you remember in my earlier podcast, I think I talked about um, one of the boys that was there who wanted a Bible and I gave him a Bible and he read it by himself. And, and suddenly the next thing I knew he was talking about Jesus and that he had trusted Jesus as a savior. And I was like, what, what, what? That's, that's amazing. And so there were good stories like that. And there was Good stories of kids who completed the treatment plan and they succeeded and they went home and it was great. Like we celebrated their graduation. 
But for every child that completed the treatment went home, there were these other ones that that just didn't. It didn't work for them. And it really just broke me. And maybe those of you who have actually grown up in the real world are like, oh my goodness, Christy, come on. Like, of course the world's a broken place. But for me coming into that school, I still really believed naively in like this beauty. And I had read so many old fashioned books where there was a happy ending. And I'm an Enneagram four. And so I just had all these emotions and and, and rosiness and nostalgia and it's going to be okay. And, and it wasn't okay for a lot of those kids. It, it wasn't okay. And there was other things that just threw me. There was just conflict and infighting amongst the staff. Not even the psychologists could agree on, on things for treatment for these kids. And then there were, you know, people didn't agree about the education and the training. And it was like, if we can't even agree, how are these kids ever going to make it? Like, how do they even have a choice, a chance if nobody's on the same page? And I just started to become really disillusioned. And then finally, I got thrown over the edge because there was a young woman who decided that I was her very bad person and she was going to do whatever she could to take me out. That was interesting. I, I'd never really experienced dual personalities before I met her because she was either this like super sweet, almost childish, kind of like a toddler type girl who talked in a very baby voice and she was just really sweet and she loved Jesus and whatever, but you could literally watch the change come across her face and and she would just become hard and angry and like evil. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. It was just this evilness and when that happened, like I had to watch out because I was her bad person and every bad thing she blamed on me and she would she would attack me. I mean, she attacked me a couple of different times. It got to the point where they had to keep an extra aid in my classroom while she was in there because she would just lose it and go after me. And so that's fun. And between my emotional exhaustion from loving and losing these kids or just being invested in them and having them not make it. Once again, Enneagram 4. So I felt everything, every single emotion. I didn't know it was Enneagram 4 back then. So yeah, and I eventually just, I couldn't do it anymore. And when I was the place where I was worried about risking my own life, where every day I would say to my husband before I left, I love you. I hope I see you tonight. Uh, hope everything's good. I mean, I, I literally thought she's going to kill me. I was like, one of these days she's going to get away and she's going to, she's going to take me out. And um, not fun. But I ended up quitting after that school year. And I was amazed at the people who could just stay there for years like they did. But when I quit, I was really just walked away disillusioned. I was disillusioned with the world. I was disillusioned with God. I was disillusioned with myself. Like if I'm not Christy who loves bad kids and can like do all these amazing things, like who am I? And I was just kind of broken and almost spiritually depressed, I would say. Just really not sure what I believed anymore. And fortunately, at that stage of my life, I was actually also at Bible college and was relearning a lot of things that I had learned the wrong way the first time. And even though I was five years out of my cultic life in the cultic group that I was in, and I looked relatively normal, there was just a lot of stuff in my mind that God had to strip away. And as he stripped that identity and that worldview and those formulas and that religiosity that I didn't even realize were there. I was actually going through a period of deconstruction and reconstruction. And I don't think I had the words or the terminology to use back then, but that's exactly what was happening. 
things were being taken away and I was left with reality and I was left with what then? If this is reality, what then? And the things that God was putting back in were just solid. I mean, solid understanding of salvation, a solid understanding of repentance, a solid understanding of what it is to read the Bible in genres with good hermeneutics. And it was it was a good thing. It was a good thing. It was hard to go through. And at the end, I like I said, I just was like I'm kind of done with kids for a while. And I was frustrated that God wouldn't do more to save these broken people. But I was also at a place of humility and looking back, it was very good. And those three years out there in Bible college, really, that's what it did. Like those three years was just this stripping, this deconstruction and reconstruction of my faith, even though I didn't really know it was happening at the time. So many of the things, so many of the formulas, so many of the Christianese ideas and phrases and things that I had held on to were just taken away. And we'll talk more about that next time. Because there was even more stripping that happened, not even just identity-wise. But I just want to talk to those of you guys who maybe get this right now. Maybe feel that weight of losing who you were, who you thought you were. And this can happen in so many ways, but it's not the only time it's happened. There's been times recently where I'm like, hmm, if that's not who I am, then then who am I? And you know what? Every time I've gone through that brokenness and that loss of identity and that just disillusionment with the world and my worldview and God, it has ultimately been a growth process and a time of healing where God is actually moving and doing in my life, even though it feels like he's not there or that he's not who I think he is or all of that questioning and doubts that happen. And so I just want to encourage you, if that's you, if you're in this place of like, I don't even know, don't even know. And I know that a lot of us have really been faced with reality, harsh reality in the last few months. There's just a lot of stuff going on in our world right now that's making us all feel a bit racked and just wondering, where do we go from here? What does this look like to move forward? And who am I? Well, you have been created by a being who loves you, who wants a relationship with you, who has done everything possible to make that relationship happen. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. This world is broken and you are broken. We are broken, more broken than we're ever even going to realize because of sin. It's all screwed up, but it doesn't end there because Jesus, beautiful, wonderful, amazing Jesus, did everything possible so that we can be restored, restored to our relationship with God and restored to who we were created to be. And he wants to begin a restoration work on your heart. And so these moments in time when we are disillusioned and lost and frustrated are gifts They're gifts from a God who adores us and who wants more for our lives than we can ever imagine. He wants to take away the shiny plastic toys that we think are so important. And he wants to show us reality. He wants to show us something bigger and more real and more amazing than we could ever imagine.
This world is not it. We are not done here when we die. There's so much more life to be had. And that's the life that Jesus wants us to have. It's the life he wants to give us. And it starts now. It starts now. And so if you're in this lost place, I would just encourage you, let go. Let go of the things that you thought you knew and the things that you thought you wanted. And just begin the search for a very real and living being who wants you to find him. He wants you to find him. Like I said, every time, every brokenness has always brought me back to a bigger Jesus, a more real God, and a more realistic understanding of myself and of this broken world. So we're going to keep talking about brokenness because brokenness, I feel like, is where the story is at. You know, it is. And so I'm going to share more next week about another broken area of my life that happened out in the state of Wyoming. And until then, guys, hang in there and keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.